You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and uh, what a time, right? I'm going to keep the intro short because <laughs> I, uh, is anyone else exhausted? It's getting to be the end of the year. Um, I do want to apologize because I haven't been releasing episodes in my normal schedule. It's just been, it's been really busy, but I'm really recommitting to, really recommitting to a, a, a specific schedule in 2024. I have some incredible people lined up, really great conversations, um, I think will help us navigate this time as artists, which is really important. Um, but, you know, I said this on my story on Instagram, which follow, you know, at Dear Multi-Hyphenate or at the Michael Kushner. And, um, I'm saying how I always get burned out at this time of year because, you know, I just want to cuddle up with my husband and puppy and watch Home Alone and drink hot chocolate. And I go so hard during the year that, like, when the holidays hits, it's like the tryptophan and the turkey, like, lasts for, like, a month. And then in January, I'm, I'm Gucci. But I've also just been really busy, which is, you know, knock on wood, wonderful and great. Let's keep that up. Um, I've been traveling uh, for photography, which is awesome. I got to photograph the incredible kids at Nebraska Wesleyan University and the incredible kids at University of Miami. Um, And that's been absolutely fabulous. And uh, yeah, if you want to come photograph in the studio, my Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale was really great. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, I'm offering $100 off if you listen to this podcast and you're looking for new headshots. So just submit on my website, www.michaelkushnerphotography.com and use the, co- use the code PODCAST100. That's it, PODCAST100. And I know that's how you listen to your multi-infinite and uh, got that discount from listening to this podcast. Also, please rate, comment, subscribe, do all of that good stuff. It is incredibly helpful share and uh, especially if you love this episode please share it and um, if you want to be on the podcast if you know someone that wants to be on the podcast all they have to do is email dearmultihyphenate at gmail.com and we'll talk about it okay anyway let's move into the episode I just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone that listened 
do an episode, all episodes, a handful of episodes in 2023. Um, I can't wait to get you more incredible conversations in 2024. I love hearing from you. I love working with you. So if you want to work with me, want to chat with me, want to be my friend, whatever it is, just reach out. Um, I love hearing from you all. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful end to your 2023 and a, and a brilliant start to your 2024. And I can't wait to be a part of it in a very positive way. Um, but this conversation with Hope Boykin is incredible. Uh, a really positive, inspiring way to close out 2023. And Hope is an original member of Complexions. Um, Miss Boykin also danced with Phil and Co. and completed 20 years with the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater for which she created three works. She has also choreographed for Phil and Co., Dallas Black Dance Theater, Minnesota Dance Theater, Ballet X, Eisenhower Dance Detroit, Ballet Black of London, American Ballet Theater Studio Company, the Philadelphia Ballet, and Hubbard Street Dance Chicago. She serves as artistic advisor for dance education for the Kennedy Center and artistic lead for the Kennedy Center Dance Lab. She is artist in residence at USC Gloria Kaufman School of Dance and was an advisor for the Howard University Department of Dance for the 2021 spring semester. She is a Center for Ballet in the Arts Fellow for the years of 2022 and 2023. As a director and dance maker, Miss Boykin received a grant from the Mellon Foundation for her COVID safe residency, hashtag Boykin Bubble. And in the fall of 2021, she premiered her choreography, An Evening of Hope at the 92nd Street Y. In the summer of 2022, she presented Moments, a concert as a Chelsea factory resident artist. And she has been supported by Works in Process for the choreographic and writing residencies. She released Beauty, Size, and Color, a short film commenting on what has changed in the first 20 years of the 21st century on PBS.org, which was recently nominated for a 2023 New York Emmy. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Hope. How are you? Hello. Good morning. How's everything? Oh, you know, I... Um... The I um <laughs> how do I navigate that question? Uh, uh, the world is is hard and difficult, so um, I I have no problem um, admitting that I'm feeling a little lost and scared and and uh, confused in this moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a you know there's there's a tenderness that I feel is, um being poked, you know, and I, I like to say I overstand, but some of the dancers I, I uh, work with will say they understand. And I like that so much because it, it really means that you hear what's going on. You see what's happening to someone else and you can truly take in those feelings um, with them. So I understand. I think it's really to the best of my ability. Yes. To the best of my ability. Thank you. Um, I think it's really interesting. Like, um, you know, I think social media can be really, really helpful in many situations, but I also think like the inner standing is, I wish people would take a step back and understand a lot more, um, in, cause I think our discourse with each other on social media, and I don't speak, I don't mean to speak for you or for, uh, anyone else other than what I'm experiencing is really, really um, scary. And I made a video that literally was just like, be kind to each other. Like mm -hmm. I made that video thinking it wasn't going to offend anyone. 
and it did which i thought was really interesting that we're in a time where people they don't have an interest in being kind and no matter what i think you know when when trump was uh when trump was rerunning in 2020 um, I really did my best to really do a lot of work and campaign and raise money and donate this and donate that. Um, but I think my biggest work was when I had personal conversations with people that were either undecided or decided and they actually decided to vote blue. And um, I will stand my ground in saying that one-on-one -on -one conversation when it comes to um, passion and ideas and humanity will always be more effective than a comment on social media. I could not agree with you more about that. I am not the most social um, person. You know, I can blame it on being a Gen Xer, I can blame it on, but then, you know, I have a lot of, you know, Gen X folks who love social media, but there's something about being an artist during a time where someone else rooted you on or rooted for you and you didn't have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's innate in me. And so in general, I have a lot of opinions and at times I don't mind sharing them if I'm in, a, if I feel like I'm in a safe environment, but those environments are when someone says, hope I disagreed with you about this. And I say, oh, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. I have no problem doing that in any shape, form or fashion, but you will not find my opinions on social media because I believe that I need to know you and trust you and know that you're not going to take some of the words that I say out of context or 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 share them with someone else and they're misconstrued. I'm very particular and, you know, people, I have some some friends who will laugh at me and they say, you know, you know, hope it's really fine for you to say what you want. I know it is. I know I can. I know I have that right. I just choose to um, improve take in what other people are saying. Now, on, on the other side, I'm a bit hypocritical because I'm always on it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'm always I'm always scrolling because you want to find out what people think. You want to find out, you know, you, you end up meeting people that you don't um, know. You can see across the world. Um, as, a, as a choreographer, I can meet dancers and have conversations with them or thank them for their performance, you know, I saw them, but I wasn't able to actually meet them in person so I can find them on social media, just like that, and tell them how much they they meant to me, what their performances meant to me, songwriters, actors, you can do that. And the communication just slims. But when it comes to those things, like you said, it really is about showing um, a compassion that's one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. you know, um, having sharing who you are and and not being afraid to accept someone else's differences, but still um, showing them a love, which you don't have to like everyone. <laughs> I think you don't have to like everyone. You don't have to like everything. I saw a very interesting meme this morning where this man said, I'm, I realized that I've diagnosed myself improperly. I'm not an introvert. I just don't like being around lots of people. So certain <laughs> people that was like, that's me. You know, so so interestingly enough, the kindness that you mentioned is something that's super important to me. And I'm constantly checking myself. I'm I'm being told by people I work with that I 
did I said something that made them uncomfortable mm. and that hurts me? I, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, but I, I really do feel like not sorry, just letting it float. But I really do feel like my intention is not to purposefully offend you, but I might offend you. So how do I repair that? How do I show you I want to be better? How do I come back from the thing that I might have said or done or or I thought was a joke and you didn't think was funny? How can I fix that? Because I truly want to be the best person I can be, but I don't believe that I am perfect. And, and I don't believe that I do everything right or to everyone's satisfaction all the time all i can do is try to fix it that totally opens up a whole other conversation that you know i am really interested in and it's you know as you being the founder of hope we can dance um you have a lot of responsibility and you have you're responsible for so many people in the in the cogs of the wheels of what you've created. Um, and I think, you know, uh, leaders right now are experiencing this really interesting thing of um, <sighs> hearing people say, you did this that made me uncomfortable or I was uncomfortable because of this. And we're unsafe. Unsafe is a word that's thrown around a lot. And I find that to be really interesting because I think people are misconstruing unsafe for challenged. Um, I'm a I'm a teacher as well, and I teach at two different institutions, and um, it's so interesting I, because when I was a student studying musical theater and dance, I was uncomfortable because I was being pushed. I, when I felt unsafe, that was a different story. And there was a very, it was a much different story. Um, but I feel like the words are being mushed together like this these days. Um, and how as a leader, do you navigate that? How as a leader, do you sort of figure out when maybe... I don't want to say you're being taken advantage of in terms of your feelings and emotions, but how do you decide how to navigate that? I, I, I'm smiling because I love this question. I'm also an educator. Mm -hmm. um, I, I educate in lots of institutions and I have a program, um, a summer program. Uh, at the Kennedy Center, the mm -hmm. two-week summer program. Amazing. And and the you know the first day, the orientation of that program, we invite family, parents, guardians, teachers in, whomever's bringing in the student, um, and they range from they're they're in high school, so from ninth grade going into ninth grade to twelfth, and if they're homeschooled and they're younger, but they are you know at that level of of understanding, then great. And all of our educators know that all of those people are going to be in the same class. And I tell them, and I'll do it with a clap. <laughs> I don't give you a trophy for showing up. I don't applaud a bird for flying or a fish for swimming. <laughs> you chose to be here. <laughs> and so you've got to eat a little sand from the sandbox because it builds up your immunity. Now, I say that and I'm smiling, but I say it all the time. I say it to college students. I say it to people that I walk in the room. I say, I run this room. 
this is, you know, and I, and I tell them, I run the room, no is my favorite answer and my favorite um, word. And if I offend you, I will try to repair it. Those are the three things I think are really, really important that we do have to um, develop and maintain a sense of who the authority in the room is. And we can talk about why. You know, um, at the Juilliard School, Alicia Graf Mack, who is the Dean and Director of the Dance Department, has given me the opportunity to choreograph on the sophomore class. Yay. So she's validated me and made me relevant and given me authority. But then I maintain that authority when I walk in the room, how I speak, what I know. Someone asks me a question, if I'm able to clearly articulate my answer and get them from point A to point B, yes, then I maintain my authority. But she's given it to me because she's chosen me. So their authority has chosen me to be the authority in that space. How I work with that, how I leave people, do I leave them feeling encouraged? Do I leave them feeling motivated? Do I tell them the truth? No, you you know, I don't have a Michael in my class, but if you were in my class, no, Michael, that's not good, but let's get to good. You know, let me figure out how to tell you. Those are the things because young people today, anyone today, they want to be told how they can get better, not just told that it's going to be okay, because it might not be okay. They might, I don't want anyone that I walk out that I spend time with in a studio, any young dancer, anyone even dancing for me, walking into another environment and hearing that they're not prepared. Oh, if you were more, well, 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 I was spent all that time with hope. Why am I not prepared? Because I didn't maybe tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and my truth may not be the one for you. I also get that. We go to several doctors, we get several opinions. I get that too. But I refuse to coddle. I will hold, I will hug, I mm-hmm. will embrace, but I'm not going to carry you around in, in this false sense of something. But I will say, I try my best to use my words to the best of my ability. I try to make sure that my words are kind, my words are caring, my words are compassionate. I can even say, no, Michael, that is not going to work. No, really. I promise you, Michael, that's not going to work. Now, let me think about how I, do you see what I mean? You're not upset with the no, because the no is the no is warm, but it's still a no. It's still a no. And we should be allowed to say no. No, I don't want that. No, I don't like how you spoke to me. No, I don't like how what you said made me feel. Bam, that is so clear. It's not angry. It's not forceful. It's just no. And we've got to be able to do better. At least I feel like that's working. That that part of my pedagogy is working. And I've and, it, and it's proven to be working. Parents are okay with it. Deans are okay with it. You know, heads of schools are okay with it. You know, the students themselves are okay with it. So something's working. I actually love, I used to be really terrified of no's. But I love them because at least it's an answer and I could pivot and figure out how to get get what I need um, in a different way. It's all correlated to acting, right? Mm-hmm. So this is how I photograph <laughs> headshots. This is how I direct. This is how I produce. Like with, with headshots, right? It's all about figuring out the tactics in order to get what you want, whether or not that's in your prep, like you know, figuring out whose careers you want to steal, figuring out who's doing the work that is similar to yours. How are they marketing themselves? You know, how do you want to be seen in the world? All the way to in front of the lens, approaching what you're trying to convey, like it's an audition, like it's a TV film, 
you know, like you're performing in front of TV film, everything correlates to acting. Um, and in this situation, you know, working with tactics, working with relationships, pivoting when the, when the character isn't giving you what you need, it's all related to the actual art that we do. And I, you know, you're on your multi-hyphenate and we're talking about multi-hyphenating and this is all tied into multi-hyphenating, but I'll always say that my biggest inspiration for the work that I do is Elena Maria Garcia, who is who was my high school drama teacher and one of the biggest staples um, in the Miami uh, community. Um, she's an actor, three-time Carbonell Award winner, director, educator, producer. She, watching her exist, a woman of color, um, exist in this market and cr constantly create successfully um, was one of the most inspiring things and it helped shape my own career. So I'll always... She wrote the she wrote the um the introduction of my book. Like I, you know, I I bow down to her and the work that she does and and inspires, which she has told me forever to all to start saying no. And I didn't know what that meant until it was always in the back of my mind. And I think that's really good teaching, right? Like you might like I might be told something and it might always stick in the back of my mind but I couldn't apply it until a certain part of my life. And I feel like that's still really good teaching, even though I couldn't apply it back then. I just didn't have, I guess, the experiences or the maturity to apply it yet. And then I started getting the experiences that I was like, oh, this is what she meant by saying no. And it's one of the best things that ever happened in my career is when I started saying no. And it's not the no that should be the problem. So I agree with you completely. Um, it's the, what happens after you're told no. Right. Now, now, of course, you're not going to get that at an audition with 300 people, you know, you're, but, but you can, you can go back and investigate, you know, the person I had this interview once, it was like the first time we were doing a lot of these zoom interviews, you know, and um, it was before the pandemic, but you know, it was, just getting fancy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, this was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. And a friend of mine said, Did you send them a thank you note? And I was like, No, for that torture? Of course, I didn't. And she said, Oh, you should thank them for the interview. And do you know that later on, that no turned into a yes, because I was still on their radar. And someone said, Oh, you know, we got your thank you. And that meant a whole lot for us. We didn't choose you for this time. But we kept you on the list. Like they're just little bits of things that can round out that the, the no doesn't mean never. The no means not yet. The no means it's not your time. The no means the person we hire needs to fit into the costume of the person that we that just left. It has nothing to do with you at times. So how do we round out that hurt and, and discomfort and pain and issues, even from myself? You know, even when I... I'm probably I love a tangent so I can go Me, on tangent lane please. but <laughs> but but I I literally was disappointed in myself very recently right after um states of hope finished at the Joyce and I had these things I wanted to do and I had like oh I have to finish and I'm on this role and I want to finish and I could not say yes to myself in the way that I thought I should mm -hmm. so I in my shutdown 
and my little turn my volume down. I didn't realize that that was actually the yes. I felt disappointed. Mm. I felt like I wasn't accomplishing what I was supposed to accomplish, but actually I should have just said no to all those things so that I could replenish so that I could be enough of a person to log on and talk to you. That's what those things are. So finding that experience, finding and understanding. And I love that you said experience. I work with um, a, a woman uh, on a project, Cheryl Collar, who's a director, um, Tony nominated. She helped me a lot. And she says, and just in, even how she speaks to other people, she says, I don't think I know more because I've lived longer. I feel like I might know more because I've messed up more. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there it is. Guess what? I fell down. Here's how for you not to fall down. But if you choose to fall down, here's how you can get up. Those two things should go together. I started like, go ahead. And I just think that's how we should function. I mean, I I just appreciate that from her. I started my class the other day with one of my institutions that I teach at. And I told them a big failure of the week. I said, in agency, I was working with an agency. I was uh, speaking with passed over me. They did not sign me. And that's how I started class because we were talking about agents and we were talking about how to get appointments and we were talking about all that stuff. Right. And I said, but I got the appointment. Right. And that's the, it's the how, and then everything else is, everything else is, is it it doesn't matter because right. You can, you can talk your, some of us can talk our way ways out of a paper bag. Some of, us can make it look amazing on paper, whatever, whatever work you do in the, in the meeting and the actual conversation that is how it can go wherever. But I think many people have the questions about how to get into certain rooms, how to have, how to find that agent. And I, and I said, look, I did everything that I'm teaching you to do, right. It works for me. Um, and I got this meeting, but they didn't sign me. And that's okay. And that's a positive and a failure that I had. And really just making failures look like positives because then I go, now this is what this means. Now I could do this. Now there's this, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I like to sometimes start out with rose and crowns of the day, rose and thorns of the day. Like um, rose and crown is my favorite pub in London. That was a, <laughs> a not a Freudian slip. It was more of a, it- an alcoholic slip. Um <laughs> um more of maybe a, and, I, and i wish i were there slip how about yeah that? <laughs> it's a 10 26 in the morning slip um and i'm already <laughs> craving a pim's cup um so uh i you know i like to say all right what are you really what went re- really well this week and what didn't go really well this week and 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 you know some of my best yeses were because i originally got no's um and, you know, uh, my first agent that I worked with in the city dropped me because I had said no about something. And she mm. got pretty frustrated with me about that. And I believe in saying no to rep because I don't want to end up in rooms that I'm not going to do my best work in. I know what I do well. I know my talents. And I don't need to – my philosophy is I don't need to take – I need to take risks before I get into the room, not when I'm trying to get a job. I could take calculated risks and plan them 
and make sure that I am right for this job. I'm not going, I'm not going to go apply to be a doctor if I'm not right for it. I don't want to do the same thing when it comes to playing something on stage or in front of the camera. I don't want to waste the casting director's time. I don't want to waste my my own, especially if it's something I'm not interested in doing. I really do believe in having joy in the work that we do and putting ourselves in in rooms where we can find that joy. So, you know, I really do have a philosophy of saying no to rep and being like, hey, I actually don't want to do that because it just doesn't feel like the actor that I want to be seen as. And, um, you know, some people love that. Like my current rep, my current managers have reacted really positively to it, but I've been dropped over it. So, you know, I think- No, I just think getting that no, getting that dropped eventually had me find the rep that I love and support me. So that's that's pretty much the moral of the story. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. You are, um, what you're saying sounds like what I heard, very similar to what I heard from, I guess it was a symposium at um, the Met mm-hmm. and Carrie James Marshall. Um, I don't know if you know his work, but just incredible artist. And he was actually did an image. They had an image of his, a painting of his on the cover of Vogue. Mm. And I think it might've been one of the first times that they didn't have a person, but they had his image, incredible. And he said, someone asked him, and I think this was a woman from Los Angeles who might've been the moderator for this talk. And she asked him, what do you do in case of failure when something fails? And he literally looked at her. And it's changed the way I see this word because you said it and then you said it and then you talked about, well, you'll understand what I meant. He said, failure is a lack of an imagination for a way out. Amazing. And so it doesn't mean that we don't experience that feeling, but now what? You know, and so the no comes, does that mean you are the no? The situation is the no, let's see what's next. And that's what you just said. So we have a lot in common with how we feel about, you know, this art that we do, because it is tough. Like you said, you speak to your students. I tell young folk in the studio and on stage, you know, I said, you know that you've gotten into this company, you're a part of this company, and then a choreographer walks in and you have to audition again. Uh And then the next choreographer walks in and you have to audition again. So you think that you've arrived and you're getting this paycheck every week and have your health benefits, your dental, you're set, you know, and then you still have to audition because everyone that comes in, if you're in a rep company, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone that comes in, everyone who's invited to come and contribute to this company atmosphere doesn't know you. Mm -hmm. They don't know you. You have to also make them choose you again and again and again. And it's exhausting. But because you're not chosen for one thing and you're chosen for something else doesn't mean you're not bad. It just means not now. But anyway, we could talk about this all day. I promise. We really can. <laughs> and we got more stuff to talk about. So we're going okay. to take, take a break, listen to words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Awesome. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Hey. <laughs> wow. Thanks, sponsors. Wonderful words. <laughs> um, I, I love I love what you're saying so much. Um, I, I really, I write in my book that failure is a paradox, right? You have to uh, fail more in order to fail less. Um, I just think uh, embracing failures and no's is more important than embracing the yeses and successes it kind of rhymed actually which i love yes um <laughs> but i i really just do think it, it 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 is i mean again getting that no you're like all right moving on what do i have to do in order to get into that room or what do i have to do in order to like build that because you know what you were talking about with your rep company about having to audition for the choreographers that come in i had that experience sort of with um a sleepaway camp i went to Frenchwoods. And I was very, very privileged to go there. It was not something I, when I was growing up, I, it, it happened accidentally and it wound up becoming a massive part of my life and still is. Um, but it's a performing arts sleepaway camp where they do about 70 shows in a summer. And, mm. you know, uh, you audition every session and sometimes you're auditioning for new directors. Sometimes you're auditioning for the same directors you've been with for the past, you know, eight summers, whatever. But just when you think you're going to get the lead, just when you think you're going to get this role, another director sees you as this, someone that doesn't know you and fights for you in this way. And I think that really trained me to sort of always be on my toes in terms of always be aware of how other people see me as well. I think that really helps with building. I don't know if this is your experience with, with building, you know, your company, but, and your projects, but I always try to Google myself or remove myself from my social media presence and scroll and see like, what would someone learn about me? Mm. What, what can people download about what i'm putting in the world um and it helps you know inform the projects and the words that i put into the world i don't know about, what what about you when you um established your company what were i have a lot of people that listen that listen are interested of course in their establishing their own businesses their own small businesses so what are sort of the things to look out for when someone is starting to establish themselves, when they're starting to put their name out into the world, when they're starting to become leaders, what do you reckon? What, what is your experience with that? Well, I find that <clears throat> I grew up in a pretty, I would sometimes even be, maybe I would even say too much of a formulaic um, Southern Baptist household where you just, could not show anyone that you had made a mistake. Doesn't mean that you couldn't make the mistake. It's just secret. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't do well on that test. Don't tell anyone. 
you know, but we'll talk about the one that you got the A on, but not the one that you got the B minus on, like, you know, and so that was a bit of a, of a precursor to what I thought a, a great deal, show the good or just show when you think you're, it's going to be good or just show, you know, and so, and that ties in a little bit with my social media presence to, to, to not necessarily talk about the work I'm making, but to speak about the work after I've made it. So if you missed it, I can say, oh, I'm sorry, you missed it. Like, like that's the excuse because I didn't tell you that it was going on. So there's a, it's a little bit of um, a thing that I think that there's a win and a lose in that idea. But I will say this, and I mean it so sincerely, to own what you know. If you own what you know, no one can call it bad. <laughs> if you own what you know, you're proud of the work. I have a friend who's a composer and he's lets me let me hear this album of his ages ago. And and he's, you know, known for his percussion work. Um, he's a drummer, you know, but he also makes beautiful music. And he's like, I'm really proud of this album. And I was like, I've never said that to myself. I've never said that about my own work because I'm waiting for someone else to tell me how good it is. He had already claimed it. It didn't matter what anyone else thought. And that's what I feel I wish I had understood more when I was growing up. Not that what they meant or the people helping raise me, you know, all of the things, all of the influences that I got, not that they wanted me to feel badly about my work. It was just, is it good? Do we share it? Do we tell people when it, we only say when it's good, when good things happen, when that person gets a scholarship, when that person is awarded something, that's all you talk about. But like you said, you walk in and you tell them, I didn't get chosen today and you're still here. And so I would be really hard pressed to walk into a room of people who want the thing that I, they think that I may have accomplished in all the work that I've done and say, hey, I'm struggling and it's okay to struggle. Let's struggle together. Oh, did you know that if, if and then when someone else hears me talk about my struggle, then they too can feel like it's okay to struggle. Um, I was in a ballet Matthew Russian choreographed called Odetta and Odetta um, and Mar Dr. Martin Luther King called Odetta the, um, uh, the queen of folk music and um, American folk music, I believe. And then I found out that this quote she would say often in the latter years of her concert was something Marion Williamson wrote, but it says our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. <gasps> what? That is a slap. And it is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. What? Because when we feel like we are less than, then we feel like we can walk with people. But if we own what we know and say, oh, I'm good at this. Oh, here's my standard. Here's the thing that I know I can accomplish. We're afraid we're going to be walking that walk alone, but guess what? We might. And a narrow road is so much more pleasant than one that's so populated. I mean, truly, but it's hard to be alone. It's hard to walk alone. It's hard to understand that. But if you want to begin something, your idea that no one owns an idea, Matthew Rushing has also told me that no one owns an idea, but you will be walking 
in solitude at times. You will be walking in loneliness. You will be walking in fear. You'll be walking in frustration, but own what you know and understand why you're doing it. You know, Simon Sinek comes out with this book, Start With Why. It is one of the best things I've written. I mean, I've, I've read, I'm sorry, I did not write it. I did say Simon Sinek wrote it, but it's one of the best things I've read. But if you don't understand the why, why are you here? If you don't understand why it is you're doing it, then there's a reason that's that's holding you, something's holding you back. So I do want to try to figure that out. I don't have all the answers, but if I were to list all of the questions I think a person should ask themselves, I would say, why are you doing this? Why do you matter? Why are you important? Tell me those things. And then you can take the next step. Let's let's focus. And someone is going to jump on your bandwagon and not just watch you, but help you because they want to be a part of whatever that why is. I hope that my listeners are laughing right now. <laughs> do you talk we, about Simon Sinek? <laughs> I talk about the why all the, the time. Why. Oh, amazing. Um, because my professor at Ithaca College, um, Cynthia Henderson, another, an, uh, my two like influential people in my career are women of color. And I always say multi-hyphenates are made primarily of people from, and I used to say marginalized communities. And um, someone brought up to me, what if you said under-researched communities? Um, and so now I say uh, under-researched uh, communities. Uh, uh, Multi-hyphenates are made primarily of people from under-researched communities. Um, because our stories are not told often, therefore we have to tell them ourselves and we have to learn how to produce them. We have to learn how to, you know? So um, there are, of course, and I don't, and when I tell this to students, I see some people be like, well, I'm like, doesn't exclude non, you know, under, under research communities, but made primarily and also, have built the building blocks for all of this work. And um, so Cynthia Henderson, another wonderful woman of color who does, uh, who is my acting professor. I, um, she does performing arts for social change. Uh, she's a director. She's a two, she's another book coming out shortly. Um, she's just a brilliant, brilliant woman. Um, she rocked my world because she, asked us why we do what we do and brought it into the world of the character you know like of course the objective and stuff like that but much deeper and it rocked my world and then I started bringing that into everything that I did and as multi-hyphenates I think having a very clear why is very important because multi-hyphenating can seem very very self-focused because we are the actor we are the the choreographer we are the producer where it seems like we're taking jobs but we're actually doing the exact opposite of that when we create work we are creating jobs it is actually multi-evenating is incredibly good for the economy <laughs> and it creates jobs and it's also incredibly unself-focused because when you have the why, it has to focus on the other, in my opinion. It has to focus on the audience that you're building, about the people that you want to work with. So I really try to focus. I have a very specific why exercise I do with my students where they talk about themselves in a very broad way. 
and then it's repeated back to them. And then they have to narrow it down even more using the common denominators of what they said into one specific sentence. I act, produce, and write because I this and this and this, whatever that effective sentence is. And I had one student challenge me the other day when I was like, let's share, let's share where we are right now because it takes some time. And they literally were like, I do what I do because it makes me happy. And I was like, well, what about the other? What about the audience? What about who are you doing it for? I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for me. And I don't want to say that there was a little contention or a little headbutting, but I did go on a little bit of a to the class saying, you know, our art is always better when it's for someone else. And, uh, you know, my why statement is through surviving a global pandemic, I produce non-quotidian artistry that benefits the world around me. That's pretty much my why statement. Um, right now, it's it changes every day because the world changes every day. But the through surviving a global pandemic is there because I survived COVID. I was in the hospital with COVID. And I'm a COVID long hauler, officially diagnosed. There are things that I have to battle every day going on with my body. But I still show up through surviving a global pandemic. It's a reminder that if I survived a global pandemic, I could memorize this song. I could do this song. Or I can get through this client that's annoying me. Or you know what I mean? Whatever it is. That's why why statements are, are, are important. Because they shape you as an artist and they create community. I think the part that's tough and I, but I understand how a student, young person, young artist or younger artist, for example, yeah. will say, um, I, I do it for me because we need to think that we are working for our truth. Absolutely. Right. But I, um, some of the dancers I work with say, um, uh, you know, it's like I have all these sound bites, but they call them verses. So it's like book, <laughs> you know, they're like book of hope, verse eight, book of yes, hope, verse, fierce. you know. <laughs> and so I love, here's the sound bite, and I've said it before, and I will continue to say it. We all want to be liked. We just don't want to want to be liked. We want to be chosen. We just don't want to want to be chosen. We want to be cast. We just don't want to want to be cast. And we want to be loved. We just don't want to admit that that is something we really want. I didn't say need. I said want. And when we can ad admit that we want applause, I want you to come to my concert and I want you to understand what I did and I want you to like it. That's the truth. Do I like it? I do. Am I proud of it? I am. Does that stop me from wanting you to wanting to stop me from wanting you <laughs> to like it? It doesn't. I hope you do. If you don't, dang, okay. And then you just, you pick up your bag and you're like, but I like it. I think the work I did was worthy of me, the time, what I'm trying to portray. I'm not faking it. It's, it's, you know, I love to say this is my truth. This after doing States of Hope and I, you know, this fully scripted thing, I literally wrote this 70 page script and the dancers, actor, artists were all fully mic'd and we're, you know, they're, they're in dialogue. So I hear myself quoting myself, mm. but they're actually my words, but um, this is my truth and I'm sharing it. Mm -hmm. It's my truth. First, I share it second and art is really to be shared. If it is not shared, 
it's a daiquiri. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's only for you. You can lock it, put a key on it. No one will ever see it. But a memoir is a shared diary. It's a shared experience. And that is what our art is. Someone sees something, a chef, an artist, they decorate the plate, but it's really the flavor. You know what I mean? And that's what brings us back. And if I don't eat it, they can't get a Michelin star. <laughs> you know, like if I don't try it, they can't move forward. And I think that we have to really be honest with ourselves about what it is we truly want, because that person was in your class to learn something for their future. But that's and it's and and it is okay to want it to be about you. I say this last thing. I say, I'm only in competition with myself. Mm -hmm. So I always win. I either won before or I'm going to win next, mm -hmm. but it's just me. But that doesn't mean that I go, and I say that a lot about fashion, but that doesn't mean that it's not nice when someone says, oh, I like that outfit you're wearing. And I say, thank you. But I still want to just work against myself, but the outside world exists, you know, and I'm like you. Um, I set up a website, my, this, like a website first and I shared it with a friend and they're like, well, don't you want to pick one thing? You know, because this looks like you're, you're like doing all the things. I said, I am all the things. And when I said it out loud, I became okay with it. I'm an educator, a creator, a mover and a motivator. My four word mission, you know, period. And I hit all of those things, not everything every day, but I motivate. I'm, I'm standing in front of the room. I educate. I'm also standing in front of the room. <laughs> I create. I'm writing a script. I'm choreographing. I'm pulling out, you know, my cannon. I can't see if that's a cannon, but I behind you, but I couldn't tell if it was a cannon or a Nikon. 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 I knew it. <laughs> also my my vision is going bad, you know, as an older AAR newly AARP person. Oh, um, you know, so <laughs> thank you. But I but I but I just feel like there's so much you know, to share. And as I keep working and as I keep finding these new things and I'm probably going down tangent lane again, but as I keep finding these new things that I'm trying and the risks that I'm taking for myself, my thought is not what is the next ballet I'm going to choreograph. My thought is what is the next thing I'm going to write? Did I know that I was going to want to call myself a writer? You know, uh, uh, did I know I was going to say that, that I was going to be a play? I would have never said that, but I actually wrote a thing and someone said, oh, so as a playwright, I said, oh, don't call me that. They're like, why? But you wrote a script. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I guess that does equate, you know? And so even though I might not be as known or don't, haven't gone to the festivals or haven't had it, you know, but I'm still doing the thing that I want to do. And that's the part, that's the part that really is okay. I love this. That you just gave me a soundbite that I can share with all of my students forever and ever and ever. I always, I have a checklist. I have four questions about when you should add, when you think you should add a proficiency to your list of multi-hyphenate identity, right? So like, you know, I don't say I'm an actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster, educator, dog dad, uh, <laughs> son, um, painter, uh, house rent. I don't say all of that. Does it bring me joy? Do I get paid for it? Is there a paper trail? And do they cross pollinate with each other? Mm -hmm. And all of all four of your proficiencies do. And you know, I I uh, sometimes I was like, am I still an actor? Well, I was like, well, I am auditioning, so I am doing the job. You know, 
and it does bring me joy when it when it feels good it feels good i do get paid for it because i still am hired to do you know cabarets concerts um i did book a film this summer so yeah i guess i'm still an actor uh i got paid for it there's a paper trail you can google me mike kushner actor things will come up like you know and they cross-pollinate. My acting ed- education and experiences, I'm a member of Actors' Equity, like there's like all of these things that help me be a better photographer. I have to know what is happening in the industry so that I can help my clients. I know I have to know what's happening in the industry so that I can produce certain projects in the cross-pollinating way. And all of those other hyphens work their magic in the cross-pollinating efforts. And... Um, I think it all it helps cut the fat. It helps figure, you know, it helps us create a very direct and specific art form um and matched with the why then we are able to sort of say, you know what? I do want to do that project or you know what? No, I don't want to work with that person because I know that they do not have the same values as me and us working together is not going to be good. And that is all okay. It's all okay. And guess what else? Especially because we're talking about young people and students and young folk or younger artists, right? Like you can change your mind and you can change your mind. And it doesn't make us strange. It doesn't make us weak. It doesn't make us less than because we have changed our mind. We are, you know, especially especially movers. And I believe that actors are like pushing super close because the, the, the immersion, I mean, the difference between a, you know, an, a, a moving artist, a dancer and an acting artist are, it's literally physical and oftentimes without words, you know, not all the time because I've done something different too for myself, but the immersion of the character, the immersion of the words, they have to come out of you as if they were you. Mm-hmm. They have to, you have to take on an, an, a completely different personality. In movement, in the repertory company or in any, any dance company, you are folding yourself in half. You are running backwards. You are jumping, hoping someone's going to catch you. You are rolling over your ankles, twisting your knee, breaking your back. You are hungry, you are tired, you have these dance dreams that are probably the worst. I'm sure actors have the same dreams where you wake up and you're like, did I miss it? Did I miss that line? I hope I never, all of those things are so important and they cause this um, internal friction. We are allowed to complain. (laughs) (laughs) We're allowed to complain. Because all we have are our feelings, all we have are our emotions that we are putting into action so that someone else can come and sit and enjoy our gifts. Mm. And so if nothing else, we can complain that the subway was slow. We can complain that we'd like a bigger check. We can complain that our dressing room is small. It might feel like we shouldn't. We can be grateful and frustrated at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I just want young people, young artists, younger artists, and I say all those things because I don't want anyone to feel like I'm speaking down to them, you know, but I, I want them to know that the work is not, um, it does not come easy for everyone. That one person that gets hired right out of college 
or the two from your whole class that get hired right out of, oh, I have the update from Zoom. That's why that uh, little animation <laughs> came up. Isn't that hilarious? What did I know. Do? Why did it just it... like, it, it does a thing and it notices that you've done it. And so it'll come up like, it, I know it's fancy. <laughs> you know, I told you they've been, do, they've been doing their work. Um, and I love <laughs> tech. So I have all the things, um, but, but I, uh, but yeah, I just want them to know that it's not always going to be the easiest life, but if they love it, keep doing it. And the minute it stops, as you said, and um, that, that other woman who talks about cleaning your house, if it doesn't bring you joy, oh, you have to find something else because what we don't want in our world of art is simply a check collector. We know that sometimes people must do that to survive. Mm -hmm. They have to do, I, they absolutely have to, but we don't necessarily want those teachers in the front of the room. We don't want those actors on stage. We don't want those dancers in the company. We want people who want to be there even when it is uncomfortable, mm -hmm. even when they are not having a good day, they can see beyond the good day. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, the artist, that's the motivator, that's the creator, that's the mover I would like to be, is the one who may not like it every day, but doesn't have a choice. Because it's more than, it's more than my purpose, you know, it's like, it's, it's more than a calling. It's, um, I don't know what's more than a calling. It's our, it's, it's our identity. <laughs> it's, it's our identity. And I'm not only this, right. you know, but I am also this. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Hope you, anyway. are, you are amazing. And I'm so <laughs> oh, glad thank you. I could start my week with this incredibly inspiring conversation. You are such a dream to have and talk up. with. I know. I'm like, I know. Oh. I was trying to figure out if it's going to come up again. <laughs> you are amazing. Where can we <laughs> thank keep you. in touch with you if someone wants to ask you a question or follow you? What's the best practice? Oh, thank you. I feel like Instagram is probably the best practice because I'm always scrolling other people's business, but um, HB Dance at Instagram and can also be reached at uh, info at hopeboykindance.com. And thank you so much. You know, getting up to have a conversation like this is is really wonderful because it reminds me that I'm not alone in this world of how we're going to keep the art living, mm -hmm. you know, um, in the way that, that it can. The, the, the dancers, the young folk, the young artists to the younger artists that I'm working with now are incredible. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking so forward to being a part of who they are just with the little sprinkling of thing I can give to them. So thank you also for giving me the moment to share I that. completely agree with you. I am hopeful for the future with these artists. And uh, thank you for chatting today. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.